Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chet, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm in the this is like a real start. This isn't like a pre-roll start I know. because we didn't talk about anything. So I'm actually asking you how you are. I'm curious. I interrupted This you, is how so. I am. Do you see that? Yeah. That's about how it is here. 102 degrees. That's how I am. That's why the AC is on in the background. It is hell. I hate it. H-E double hockey stick. <laughs> we would say in the eighth grade. We used to say H-E double, double toothpicks. Ooh, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, how things change decade to decade, huh? So you were just out running around, right? I was. I thought I, you I died. Ran... I thought maybe you died or something. I, was like... I, I sent you a message <laughs> that said that I was going to run up to Zoom yeah, up to yeah, Colorado yeah. <laughs> and be right back, and I'd catch you in a couple hours. And that's what I did. I zoomed up to Colorado. I know, but, I, but, but I misunderstood I your... Back I missed... Because what I had with me wasn't something I wanted to be Zooming around with. Right. Put right. two together if you're watching and you know anything about states. Yeah. Well, I misunderstood your text. So I was like, I thought that you had just, I thought you were back already. Yeah. And so then you weren't answering me. And then I got on for the pre-roll and you weren't there. And I was like, he could, he could have hit his head and died and no one would be there. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere. I was, I was, I was thinking he needs life alert. <laughs> Dude, I go out. There are people. I mean, normally, here. I go out, yeah, I go out right, the right. Badlands, and I'm out there hiking, and no one's gonna save my ass out there. And that's, you know that's why I mean? you need life I alert. Fall <laughs> kind of. A, it wouldn't help me out there. There's no reception for anything. Really? Does that work yeah. on GPS? I think so. I, I guess think they could get my GPS coordinates and fly I, a helicopter. I don't think. I think I'll just keep myself from falling in crevasses of sand, <laughs> and I'll be all right. I don't think. I think life alert works from everywhere. Don't. I, think I, I need life alert. <laughs> All right. That's everything. I thought it was a good idea, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so I was around. I've had a super busy day, but I'm excited. I'm excited for our episode today. Yeah, me too. What? I'm excited. She's going to make noise. See how it is. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. We've got awesome guests on today. These we are do. great people, and uh, they are, I would they're huge supporters of the dark art community. They've and they've got a cool podcast called Freaky Fandoms. That's excellent. They talk about all the same stuff we all seem to kind of be into. And let me introduce them now. Andrew and Deborah Hawkins. And of course Mike Hello. Mike is gone for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the introduction, Mike. I know I had to kick them out though because they were starting to chew bones, and so like we were, you were going to be introducing them, and they'd be like, crunch, 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 and I was like, no, so I'll just I'll step out here so I that think, the dogs aren't ruining their introduction. I think this is much worse. <laughs> just pretended I was still there. No one knew it was on mute. We, we love it. It's it's the best. This is awesome. Thank, thank you guys so much for having us on. This is this is so so badass. Yeah, this yeah. is gonna be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. So yeah. thank you guys. Yeah. Well, and I just our pleasure, man. Guys, this Tim Burton episode yesterday. So because I wanted to get a feel for uh, what it's like with Deb on there now. So. Yeah, yeah. Deborah yeah, is great. now hosting with me. Um, yeah. We're doing it uh, every week. The Tim Burton one was a lot of fun. We also did Species, Dick but that's, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> Dickabod. Dickabod. <laughs> Dick Crane. That's uh, Deb, Deborah's invention. I did not mean to say it. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make it any any more, less amazing. It's, no, it's like, actually. <laughs> Good old Dickabod. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, so, is that who we have here in the middle between the two of them? Dickabod sitting up there joining us. That's for- WC Fields, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's our that's our gerbil as we call it. It's a WC Fields little I don't know, clay kind of plaster yeah. little dude. I, was I really like supposed to be able to identify that just by looking at it? Like, oh, well, shit, it's W. I oh, could tell. On. I could tell. Wow. Well, yeah. evidently, Thank I need to brush up on my history. Yeah, yeah he's our little basement gnome. He keeps everything in check down here. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have them. It's a ward. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. WC. Yeah. Hey, man. And Chaos Magic, that would be a totally legit 
Ward to have. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? <laughs> No, just the fact that um, we've actually got wards all over the house. Yeah. Mike, I think we've got uh, some of your stuff here. We've got other stuff hanging up. That's even from like Alex Gray and even our art on the walls kind of functions as oh, yeah. different wards here and there yeah. just for how it, you know, channels energy through the house. So, yeah, we're not we're not too heavy into the chaos stuff so much, right. but it's all we definitely do try to keep a good flow. It's definitely. all the same. Really? Well, chaos, you know chaos I mean? magic just basically is 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 that magic is belief. That's the basic tenet. So it's like if you believe that these things hanging on your wall channel the energy, you are very much engaged in chaos magic without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. we're not trying to create anything out of it. We're just utilizing them as they are. But yeah, that's kind of one of those I'm things. I'm just trying to keep the peace in the house. Is what yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that really is. You know, that's why they say uh, with chaos magic, I mean, this is obviously an oversimplification, but uh, I'm. I bring it up because I've been reading a lot about it and I've uh, lately I've been kind of drawn to it lately and I haven't fully tried it out. I have in the past, but I haven't fully like gone for it yet. So I've been reading a lot about it, but it's kind of cool because, you know, basically it's all creative visualization. What I would, that's how I was raised. You think about something, you manifest it physically by the energy of your focused energy on a thing. Sure. And, um, uh, but the thing with chaos magic is it's like you, you, you psych yourself up with homemade rituals that you make up because it's all yeah. arbitrary anyway. And it's about getting, like Mike was saying, getting your belief to believe in something. And so you could say, I'm going to, uh, pray to the, the WC field spirit in order to protect my air. <laughs> Seriously, if you're into <laughs> WC true. fields and it would You'd work. have to believe it. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to yeah. get yourself yeah, to that's, that point, like Chet said, through ritual to believe it. Right, right. Well, it's I've interesting. I've been doing it my whole life. My exactly. dad raised me like use necklaces or talismans or art yep. to create protection and joy within your living space. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I do it because right. I just been raised that way. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the same well, thing. That's a good way to raise somebody. Yeah, it's all it's all kind of the same thing, which is funny that, yeah. that all these names, even religion is that that's religion is the same thing. And it's like there's all these prejudices against a religion or a magic thing is satanic or whatever. It's like all basically kind of the same stuff. But anyway, that's beside the point. Let's get back to you guys and your awesome <laughs> podcast. I, I want to say first, uh, Andrew and Deborah are really great uh, collectors, art collectors, and uh, supporters of the Dark Art Society and the Dark Art Society podcast. And that's how we initially met was through the art scene, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, I'd reached out to you guys when I think ILTPM, I Like to Paint Monsters, was about to be released um, because wow, I was doing a lot of interviews and reviews. So that I think was the first email traffic was, yeah, hey, that was for Chud, right? That was yeah, for was Chud. Chud. Yeah, that was in, I think, 2016, I think, or no, 2015. It was like 2015. Maybe at the end of the year, because I know I was in uh, Korea at yeah. the time. So it might have been around January of 2016 or February, something like that. But yeah, it was all about getting with you, reviewing the movie, um, getting the word out, and then going from there and actually meeting up at some of the uh, exhibits and yeah. doing GoPro. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Great. Yeah, it's cool. You guys, if uh, on a personal level for me, you guys kind of represent my new friends. Like I've got old well, friends man. that I kind of grew up with that I, you know, I don't think I'm even in touch with them anymore. And then it, it's like, I don't know, I hit a certain point and I got all new friends. And you guys are like, you know, Mike's probably, Mike's like my oldest new friend, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are are I just it's like it's cool you know what I'm saying you go, you go through stages oh, and then no, yeah. and then depends like if you change a job you'll make new friends you have like a new social circle and so um, yeah it's really cool because you guys yeah are I've seen it with awesome. moves I've seen it come in like waves over a handful of years like there are still friends from like my early days of trying to be creative and have fun playing rock guitar and doing a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff that I still kind of keep in touch with every now right. and again but. I compare like 20 years ago to now and it's like a whole different right. crowd. Different. Yeah. I think I have like one friend that has been with me my entire right, life yeah. and that's it. Everyone's completely new. Yeah. Me. No, I, I've got At that a point. It becomes more like family. Yeah, too. exactly. Like, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I do, I have some, uh, I still have some friends from before in my old makeup effects days, 
but it is a small group and they are more like family at this point, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. it's a strange thing. It's a, it's a trip. Something you don't really think about um, when you're younger about, you know, going through stages of getting new friends, you know, you don't yeah. know. So much weirder now as an adult too. It's like, I don't like people. Why do you want to be my friend? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the other, that's something about the whole dark art communities. We're all like, people suck, but everybody's super nice. It's like, we right? have, it's like we have this you know, we understanding are, we're that e we're all extroverted introverts, yeah. you know, more yeah. or less. It's yeah. like, and that's because we all, we, you know, ever, we're social creatures, human beings are pack animals and we need to have that. It's part of how we've developed it at the same time in this modern age, most of us are so pukey over, the, you know, the dominant paradigm that we just, what we really want to yeah. do is not have to deal with that. So to come together in this weird way, this tribe that we're creating is really special because we're able to dictate our own terms upon which it rests and how it operates. And it's really exciting. And I think it's, it's pure, you know, compared to, again, that dominant paradigm that is so yeah. pukey. Yeah, it's, no, it's, there's a more it's more genuine than any friendship that I've ever made in the past. Well, that's yeah, that's the that's a, a, a trippy thing about it. And I think part of that, too, is making friends when you get older, because when you're a kid, it just happens. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I've had this happen where, you know, you get really close with someone when they're a little kid. And by the time you're like 40, you're a completely different person. And then you're like, oh, man, this is not the five year old kid I used to play with at the sandbox, but we're like, oh my God, you're like a piece Link. of shit now. <laughs> <laughs> you were cool back when we were in school yeah. and riding bikes, but I, now you're garbage, man. Remember, what happened? I remember this one kid that I was friends with um, when I was probably 12. I really looked up to him like he was a year or two older and I just thought he was super cool. And then we um, hung out like all summer, one summer, and then I didn't see him for like two years. And then he got kind of got older and sort of, you know, went through puberty and got turned into kind of a young man. And then I saw him years later and he, it was like, oh man, he just seemed like his, he had like dead eyes. It was so weird. It was like, this isn't even, not only is this not, <laughs> not only is this not the same person, but he doesn't have that spark anymore. That the yeah. fun, yeah. the cool, the fun openness that we, we had together it was like he was just it was weird. life squeezed it out yeah of exactly You're like a dish rag <laughs> screw you buddy in your excitement and then it caught in a cup and drank it screw it was you. happy screw yeah you. i think most of the people from my childhood you know they look at me and they think like he was gonna grow out of that someday but i didn't you know this whatever this is like you know what i mean because i reconnected with some people that i knew when i was little and i think they always just kind of figured like oh it's a, like my parents even to like oh it's a phase you know and then it's like oh no i'm almost 40 and it's clearly not a face. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of what it's like with me. I grew up in the south of all places. Oh, wow. And yeah, you kind of had to after you. So many people England, I yeah. was with were like, you're weird, but it's not going to be like that forever. I'm 30 and my whole family is like, okay, we guess you're just weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, the hey. thing I love too, is like about the dark art society and like the community is that everyone has these interests that mm -hmm. they're so into, like everyone, you know, loves one aspect of art or creativity or music or film or whatever. But, you know, it's all of these great people who are banding together with what they're into. And that's kind of what connects everyone right. is just sharing cool stuff with each other, but also wanting everyone else to succeed, which is just awesome. Right. I just like to think about the Patton Oswalt joke that all of the creative people are skunks. And <laughs> so Disney, the, the, the Disney cave where you get to like, they choose what animal you are. And it's like, we're all skunks and we're all come together because no one else understands <laughs> us. That's a good <laughs> one. No one else can put up with the smell. Yeah. Right? We all the same, so we're like, fuck it. We'll hang out together. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that. I like you. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. We can't, we don't notice the smell because we all smell the same. Exactly. <laughs> that is it. Okay. So let's talk about freaky fandoms. Yeah. Um, sure. Because, uh, uh, you you guys have some exciting news. Uh, I think that the new format, uh, now that you're on Deborah, this husband wife format is totally great. I think it's so great. It really adds a new dimension to it. And I love how you guys give each other shit. But and it's like <laughs> you know that you're married, and, and so you know you guys <laughs> give each other shit, and you take it, and it's cool, and it's not like anyone's going like, oh, I better not say that. It's gonna 
piss her off. Yeah, because it's like, after it's the end of the great. show, we're still going to have a night together. Yeah, we're yeah. going to wind up having some <laughs> drinks and having some fun. And we want to enjoy that instead of being like, oh, you said some shit to me while we were talking about Steve Johnson's effects work on right. Poltergeist 2. <laughs> that pissed me off. I'm going to resent it for the night. You know, no. no. We, we want to have fun with it. And, yeah. you know, we, we do jab each other, which I think is really, is part, yeah, yeah I, it's part of the charm. I think it's, it's like, I, I like that. I don't know. Well, something about it. It's like, to me, I think it's just like a little bit more organic. Yeah. And more it's more. Way. Yeah. Cause you guys live together. You probably talk like that normally. Right. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> it's like when we're doing the episodes, like, it's like, we're just having right. a regular conversation anyway. So. Well, that's how we, st- Mike and I started this is that we were just having these hour long conversations, bullshitting. And it's like, you know, these are kind of interesting. Maybe we should start, you know, recording them. And then it, it just developed from there, like an, from organic conversation, you know? Yeah, like with yeah. us, it's like yeah. I was doing video game streams for a while. Yeah, and years. Then, you were like, doing a lot of stuff on Twitch with yeah. a group. You had a collective of people mm-hmm. who were streaming and oh, really? doing that. As, yeah, yeah. Like, I still do it on occasion, oh, cool. um, not as often. But it's like we talk like that when we watch movies anyway. And we're like, why don't we just do something where we combine the two? <laughs> and we were actually going to do a thing called Watching Weird, which we're still working on. Yeah, that's wow. been a project that for a good. while. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. It. Of course it's good. <laughs> well, it, it kind of ties into your guys' latest episode, which I was listening to on my way home from work today because of the um, pre-roll or the, the pre-release uh, benefit with your guys' Patreon. Um, the whole thing about good, bad movies. Like, we will watch <laughs> something that is just pure schlock yeah. and so bafflingly bad yeah. that it's absolutely <laughs> fucking hilarious. Exactly. And we'll talk about it and we'll riff it while we're enjoying it. Unless we're just completely captivated, then it's like eyes locked on. Right. But we've recorded that a few times. And all it is is just a matter of getting the video footage together, making sure the audio edit's good, oh, cool. having a little bit of the film in frame just so we can cut back and forth and doing kind of a review and a little bit of recap thing like that. Well, like what he was saying is like, we will have the video set up and you actually seeing our faces as we're experiencing this junk. Just sitting on the couch, like shocked. (laughs) And then at the end, we'll review the movie. Oh, that sounds great. great. That sounds great. And so shitty movie 3000 with Deborah and Andrew. <laughs> That's totally it. I yeah. mean, it's stuff like, you know, Samurai Mystery Call. Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like Red Letter Media. If you've ever seen yeah. any of what I those guys. Seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh, they're good. Yeah. yeah really cool uh, group out of Milwaukee mm-hmm. who oh, cool. do a lot of great B movies, Z movies, oh, cool. uh, awesome stuff. But yeah, we, we love that stuff. Like we enjoy everything from what, you know, you would consider high art cinema. And, uh, again, it's like what you were talking about with, um, one of your buddies from the makeup effects world, yeah, liking Mitch, Mitch Devane, Mitch Devane. Yeah. <laughs> classic music. Um, and Daniel Johnston. <laughs> yeah. And Wesley Willis. <laughs> Classical music, the dead, the audio, (laughs) like who's like literally listening to the movie with no imagery, just like every single week at the same time. Sounds painful to me. Oh, amazing! And and he knows every word, (laughs) so he sits there and he's like quoting it, like mouthing the whole word, the whole thing while he's while he's sculpting. You should have been filming that shit because you could have made a whole show out of Mitch Devane that you could be selling now as reality TV after the fact. Anyone that knows Mitch, that if anyone listens, that knows Mitch. He's amazing. He would be the most amazing person to have some kind of, he would never do it, but have some kind of reality show. <laughs> He's so funny. But anyway, let, let's, why don't we tell everybody, can you explain what freaky fandoms is all about? Just for people who haven't heard before yeah, we get sure. into it. Oh, and I thought, I thought, um, let me say this first. I thought uh, you need to, you need to make a t-shirt. I got your, I got your, I got your slogan. Um, oh yeah. I know what you I know. Do you know what your slogan is? Uh, I was thinking, yeah, subculture cinema, some other stuff. But if there's like a a solid punch slogan, a slogan, slogan, it's not necessary. Yeah, a catch line is. uh, uh, I think what was it again? (laughs) Wait a minute. This is so. I know what it was. This is coming. (laughs) I know what it was. Don't forget. (laughs) No, no. It's. I mean, you'll get the idea when I say it. I'm just trying to uh, think if I'm wording it right. Okay, I know what it is. Let's dig into it. That's your catchphrase. That's the one thing I keep hearing on the podcast. Let's dig into it. Let's dig into it. And you guys totally dig into it and get into the nuts and bolts. 
So uh, I'm offering that up for free. If you'd like to accept it, you can put it on all your t-shirts. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, so oh, yeah. explain. I, I I I was afraid I was going to forget that, and I've been thinking all night. I can't I can't forget to tell them that. Okay, so um, what's freaky fandoms all about for people who don't know? Sorry. Well, um, let's dig into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? This just rolls right out the tongue. Say it so fucking much. <laughs> it's yeah, perfect. Um, our show, you know, we cover a subject every week, and it's anything from music, movies, games, books, authors. Uh, directors yep culture um anything you know unique that has a fan base that can be considered obscure or stuff that would be taboo talked about around the water cooler shit like that controversial yeah and and that's that's what we like digging into we like digging into subculture stuff we like digging into counterculture stuff Mm -hmm. um we'll explore different fan bases if they're like rabid or notorious um you know we talked a little bit about tim burton but we've also talked about like the um fandom behind uh serial killers which you know was an interesting episode with our previous host um danny Mm -hmm. who had been on with me for about a year and a half before we made the new change um, but yeah, we, we explore that kind of stuff in the culture that most people have, um, that kind of reaction to like what you were talking about, Mike, with like the regular norm or the mass majority going, Oh, that's fucking weird. And just trying to blow it off because we think that it's okay to embrace that. And it's okay to talk about it and really break it down instead of just being like, Oh, that's weird stuff. I'm just going to ignore that shit. Cool. Cause that's not <laughs> normal in a way it's beneficial because it's educating people that may not understand certain subjects and it might open up their eyes to what's actually going on and why people may like Mm. it and all that kind of Mm. stuff yeah perspective you know it gives people something to chew on when they think about something that might be new to them or something that they love that not enough people talk about like the films of shinya sukamoto tetsuo the iron man right and you know other stuff like that that doesn't have the biggest popularity in the world, but it has like a really hardcore fan base right. of really so, cool people. So the running the, the running thread is fandom, but fandom of the obscure things. Because you're not like talking about Star Wars necessarily, because that's no. solely mainstream, that's not, right? That's, yes. No. no. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of Star Wars stuff out there. We we don't need more of that. We need more of the uh but how, yeah. let me ask you a question. How mainstream would you go? Because as you were wrapping all that out, I was thinking to myself, like, I'd like to hear you guys cover the freaky fan base of Tool. Because they're not obscure. They're mainstream. But, dude, nah, their fan base, obscure. wow. Dude, their fan base is something else. I mean, really. And, like, I'm a fan, so I'm, like, part of the fan base. But seriously, dude. So I'd love to hear what you guys do that episode. Yeah, yeah like totally. that's something we would definitely. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're kind it's of been on a, the list. They're yeah. kind of a cult band in a way, you know. It's as much as yeah, to to us they're like mega, you know, like they're like a, a mainstream band almost. But you know, you talk to a lot of I still talk to people that have never heard of Tool. You know what yeah, I mean? It never it's, happens to me, man. I like I live here in New Mexico and I'll go to some gas station in the middle of like Trace Piedras or Tierra Amarilla and I'll go over there and I'll be like, oh yeah, they're like, what's that patch? And I'm like, oh, it's this guy I made a movie about. He likes to paint monsters. It's not me though. And they're like, well, who's he? And I'm like, oh, you know, he did some stuff for the band Tool. Oh, cool, Tool. Yeah. It's like in the middle of BFE New Mexico, I, I, man. That's well, radio culture. I mean, yeah. they get a lot of play these days, especially from alternative rock stations right. and like, you know, all that. But there's still no Jay Z like or bolts of Beyonce tool. or you know what I mean. They're not on. They're not on the Star Wars level. You know what I mean. The full on everybody yeah, in Star yeah. Wars. Everybody they're, they're knows not like Beyonce. Crazy please, please don't ever cover Jay Z or Beyonce. Thank you. I'm I'm good on that. But like, if we wanted to talk about like lacrimology or you know the whole uh, stuff that Maynard and everyone was doing in the '90s, like every um, April Fool's Day putting out a notice that someone had died in a bus wreck or something, right, right. you know, going back to like Jesus, Maynard saying he found like Jesus that. on April fools. He's done that before. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's stuff like that that we want to get into when we dig deep, we really go for it. We want to talk about origins. We want to talk about dig influences. Deep. That's another good one. Totally. <laughs> that's it that's another one <laughs> yeah we've talked about tool we've talked about nine inch nails who's another you know huge band mm. in the scene right but you know not everybody but we've 
really explored a lot of ideas and we've made a pretty big list of stuff that we're going to be covering over the years. Huge list. I want to come on. I want to come on and do the stalker. Napkins and was writing down ideas. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Are you talking about uh, Stalker the film? Yeah, Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. Yeah, yeah. I want to come on and do, and do a whole episode with you guys sometime, just because I'm like a freaky fan of that particular film, and there is a huge fan base of that film because it's just off the charts. I mean, I, I bugged Chet for three years to watch it, and he finally did. And I and yes, by the way, just for the public and for you, Chet, this is with Neil and I. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. Still sitting there <laughs> was, next to me. I was I just going to watch it sometime in the next seven I was, days. I was just going to say, yeah, and I want to come on your show and do an episode on with Neil and I, which Mike is not watching. <laughs> Yet, even though I bought him a Blu-ray him and sent it, it to him, him to months it. ago, I should take a screenshot of it with me holding it up. Here, hold it Here, up. I'm gonna I'll do it. Even I'm gonna, I'll I'm do gonna it. do a I'll screenshot. Do, of, I'll, okay, your screenshots always kind of suck, though. You're not very good at it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, you're gonna love all the lines in that movie. The it's, a, it's just, great, right? You've, yeah, so you've seen all, it. We demand the finest yeah. avails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we define we the finest wine available. To humanity. Yes, okay. yes. It's one of the funniest British films with that just excellent early 90s dry humor, but it's also like a downward spiral trajectory of these and, two characters. But no spoilers. Yeah. We love it. And it's actually, it was done in the 80s. It was, it's an, was it it the an 80s? 80s movie. And uh, it, was, oh, right. it was by uh, Handmade Films, George Harrison's yep. company that did Time Bandits and the Monty Python movies. And um, with Ollie Reed. And, and it's got. <laughs> A six, a really '60s feeling to it. Like if you didn't know, you might think. Like, I remember thinking it was like a '60s movie when I was '60s kind of movie when I was watching it because it's pretty authentic, you know, all the '60s vibe to it. Because it's supposed to take place in the '60s, but anyway, I can't Some wait for you to watch it. And the driving and stuff. It's it's yeah. so good. It's and the music, the music's watch great. In like the yes. late morning, early afternoon. Okay, you hear that, Mike? Well, I my plan is to to actually do some some television tomorrow. So maybe all in the right. late afternoon. All right. I know he's watching all these like Netflix movies. I'm like, you got Withnail and I sitting right yeah, there. Yeah, but it's like if you want me to absorb it in the fashion know, that you so intend, then I have to devote my my time and energy I'd, to it exclusively. I'd rather you do it when I you're ready. I think I might ready. take cactus tomorrow before I watch yeah. it just to really enjoy okay. it. Well, you you because yeah, I think tomorrow <laughs> might be a good cactus day. You you you, you definitely got to watch it more than once and one time with subtitles because the the writing is so amazing. All day long on cactus, it just blew my mind. <laughs> Some lighter fluid too, or whatever yeah. you can find in the kitchen, because <laughs> right. that's part of what's going right. on but the yeah. first 20 minutes you're gonna love it mike it's so it's so it's fun awesome yeah and i i and the I, whole thing i talked to people who said they had it on they played it on a loop for like a week it yeah. just kept it on like in their dorm it was like one of those kind of movies nice but yep anyway we're watching it multiple times it's fun but yeah like the, those are the kind of films that we love exploring the ones that are considered cult cinema the ones that are like diehard fan base creative people just absolutely love that shit and that's right. totally one of them but yeah talking about tarkovsky talking about um louis buñuel films mm-hmm. uh david you know there is no absolutely oh lynch. yeah we're doing fire walk with me is like david mm-hmm. lynch episodes yeah blue velvet for sure uh, yeah blue velvet. highway eventually blue velvet mahalo drive my favorite yeah that's great yeah Mike got so many good velvet. ones I need to watch Inland Empire again this time because I I haven't, I only, I mentioned it on this show before and I watched it that one time and it was like, I've only been sick twice in the past, however long I had figured out at the time, it was like 11 years or something. And one of those times was when I watched and I was super like deathly ill, kind of sick, you know, fever dreaming on the couch and stuff. And it was back in the Blockbuster day and I'd rented it on DVD at Blockbuster and like made it up there somehow and made it home. I'm not exactly sure how I put it in and it's really long and it's really disturbing and it's almost like at a certain point more disturbing than anything else I think I've ever seen by him aside from Eraserhead and I was like but I couldn't stop watching it and I was like really delusional and delirious and on the couch and like couldn't really force my and I didn't smoke cigarettes at the time so like I had no reason to get up you know and man I made myself (laughs) sit through it and I was like disturbed by the end of it and for like a week afterwards I was like man that's fucked up like that that makes me uncomfortable and I couldn't really figure out why because I didn't even remember what I'd watched so like I need to watch it again yeah I was just thinking that the other day someone brought it up and I'm like I need to watch that one again because i've only seen it once and it's one of those ones you need to see more than once i think yeah because it's really weird it's one of the few i haven't seen oh okay 
Oh. Well, we should all watch. We'll all watch it and get back together to on it. Spoil a David Lynch movie because nobody <laughs> understands what the fuck they just watched anyway. You know whether you watch it on loop or not. You know, but there's one scene towards the end of it, and it seems like it should be a real mundane scene, but it's not. It's on the street, and that's all I'll say to you. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's the thing, like the surreal aspects of like what's going into the film. We break down, we think about, all right, what was their intent? What was going on in the story and the plot and all that stuff. But, you know, we, we do that so much with like excellent films, like on the level of stuff like Fanny and Alexander Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Seventh Seal, like talking about, um, all of these criterion films. And then we just dig into like straight pure schlock and we right. have a blast with it. But um, talking about uh, sick day movies and stuff, that's actually a question I asked you guys when you were doing the big Q and a episode for discord. Deborah, do you want to talk a little bit about what you watched when you were on the couch rough the other week? I, I watched um, legend. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I still have to copy of that on DVD. I, it's the best fever movie ever really? <laughs> it's because i'm sitting there and i'm watching it i'm like okay i'm at the good part and then winter comes and it turns into bullshit and then i fall asleep and then i wake up as tim curry comes up and so it's like i'm really not missing any of the any of the good stuff <laughs> i haven't seen that since it came out in the theater and i went to go see it in the theater wow yeah wow. Oh, it's, it's good it's a fever dream of a movie for sure like all the stuff with uh, meg Mucklebones. I yeah think. yeah uh, yeah, who's played by such an awesome actor. Yeah, those yeah. those those makeups are amazing. Rob Bottin makeups. Yeah, oh yeah. Like Yeah, we're a fan of um makeup artists, we're a fan of practical effects. You know, we break that stuff down. We talked a little bit about um Rick Baker um uh, when we were going into all the stuff with uh Tim Burton. Right. Um and we were a huge fan of your stuff and I didn't even know about your stuff when I was a little kid because I was watching movies like The Blob and Cellar Dweller <laughs> and all that stuff on like Dark Cinemax and you know, <laughs> just having fun. Dark man, hell yeah. And you know, like we talked about when you were on our show uh, for the first episode where you'd guested, mm -hmm. um, we found out just how much you'd done. And we watched one that you just worked on. <laughs> Cabin Boy? Cabin yeah. Boy. <laughs> There's movies that come up all the time that I was like, oh, I totally forgot that. Because, I mean, I worked from about, I don't know, 18 or 19 when I got in the business until uh, when did Land of the Lost come out the remake oh is that oh four oh five something yeah. like that i think maybe. like maybe it was a six or a seven yeah i think it was a little I later than that out it just was, a couple of years before we'd met yeah. yeah it was somewhere around there i worked that whole time on movies i was just like at a shop and i pretty much steadily worked on whatever came in so there's like weird movies like uh the bodyguard with whitney houston i worked on my best friend's yes. wedding with uh, oh, wow. with uh, Julia Roberts, I put like a mud mask on Julia Roberts that that was supposed to, you know, foam latex mud mask and so many weird, obscure things. And the coolest, the coolest on the doors, the fucking Jim Morrison doll prop. Uh, no, yeah. I didn't do the doll prop. I did the oh yeah, I did do the doll prop. Sorry, I was thinking the yeah, I did the doll prop. I sculpted it. <laughs> And then I, I know you also worked on the Dark Backward, which yeah. is one of the most obscure cult movies there is out there. You know, it's and I what's weird yeah. about that one is I remember being on set for that, and I don't even remember what I did on it. Like I don't remember. I have I no think idea. In the credits, you were like nose sculptor, or you did some like prosthetic for a, a facial thing. Could be, but <laughs> yeah, that was just in the end credits of the movie. But, but I they, remember they have you there. I remember being on set with it. <clears throat> I don't know what you guys thought of it, but I remember being on set and going, "Oh my god, this is the funniest, most hilarious. This is going to be like Monty Python, amazing." And then I saw the movie, and I was like, "Oh my god, this it's so weird." That it could, you know, right in front of you, this scene is working in this hilarious way. And then I watched it and I was like, this is kind of like not really funny. I yeah, thought it's a I mean, weird, bizarre it's weird, tone. It's weird but it humor, wasn't, it wasn't very odd. It didn't crack me up. Like on set, I was trying not to laugh. It was when they got some old guy was like dancing and talking about a bee or something. It was like some old dorky guy. I don't remember, but. But uh, I remember just thinking how it was weird just to, you know, in the context of the film, it's like, it's not funny at all. It's really stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I Paxton's completely crazy performance. Yeah, he's just yeah, throwing himself right. around the whole time. And he, he's yeah, he's a, yeah. And I've like met all these guys like Bill Paxton is a super nice guy. I've, like I've 
bunch of the guys from Freaked that are, uh, what's this one dude's name? Uh, uh, John Hawks. Do you know John Hawks? He was I the- don't know, but I might know the face if I yeah. saw him. But I know in Freaked, I see, you know, that was. He was um, the cowboy. <clears throat> He played the cowboy. Yeah, and now you, you know, I keep I see him in like maybe Westworld or something. I see him all the time, and it's like you know, we totally, totally one of those that guys. Yeah, hung out, those. hung out. You go on when you work on a set. You know, you get to know these people for you're, you're there for weeks or months, and it's like these are the people you're hanging out with. It's a trip. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, what brought you to dark art? Because that's really the the um. That's kind of what got you into freaky doing freaky fandoms and stuff, right? Or at least it connected all of us. Totally. What yeah. Was your, um, what was your intro to dark never go art? for it? Well, for me, it was really my dad. Oh, <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, he taught me a lot of different perspectives on things. Um, <laughs> he was a really cool open guy, yeah. loved horror movies. Oh, excellent. So when I was four, he showed me the original troll. And then I think the exorcist. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Damn. I don't feel so bad for showing my son Dawn of the dead when he was five. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, since then, like I remember that and it scared the life out of me, oh but he God. just kept showing me more and more and wow. more horror movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, he passed away and I kind of kept that going myself uh-huh. and I just kept it. Like I just kept it. It yeah, was it always was... something that I thought was interesting. Yeah. yeah. My whole family was like, I don't know about that. I'm like, really? <laughs> it's not that bad. So no, it's just something that's always been with me. That's awesome. How about you, Andy? Yeah. How'd you get into it? For me? Um, it was totally a childhood thing too. Um, I think my first, uh, dose of kinder trauma which is like the the word that always gets thrown around whenever you see something when you're little and it's like childhood trauma like when you watch amityville horror at six years old and the whole <laughs> get out and hell under the stairs yeah, the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah just that commercial like, man when i was a kid it's like uh, so the scary. the trailer for that you can find on youtube it's just mm-hmm. it's such a good like tv bumper and then the one for uh, dark knight of the scarecrow too like i i cut my teeth on that stuff like i think the first horror movie i ever saw was uh nightmare on elm street three dream warriors and it was when <laughs> wow. i was being babysat and i was like three or four years old and it had Whoa. been you know right after it had come out we were living in anaheim and somehow the babysitter got a copy of it and it was ridiculous and it scared the absolute shit out of me. Um, but I, I always just grew up digging horror and it was always around. And I was a total latchkey kid uh, when I was in like elementary school. I would go home yeah, and the parents would be gone. Yeah. And I would go to my great aunt's house. My uh, grandma's sister lived right next door in the duplex with us. And she was diehard horror and sci-fi. Oh, wow. But she loved B-movies more than anything. Wow. Like, that was her whole bread and butter. So she was always watching, like, full moon features movies. (laughs) Like, I knew John Carl Buechler before, you know, I knew everything about guys like uh, Christopher Nolan and these high-profile directors now. And when I was also, you know... And that young trying to go to bed at the end of the day, um, I would always get called out, turn off your light. You can't be up so late. So I realized because I liked reading that I had to get into short stories. And my favorite short stories were from guys like Edgar Allan Poe and Ray Bradbury. And they had the coolest book covers in the world. Like right. some of my favorite collections were the Alfred Hitchcock uh, yeah. ghost stories books. Yep. And the art on those were amazing. So cool. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, I love visual art and film. I love visual art, you know, on the page of books and flipping through stuff like even scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so much of that around and I just dug it. And then I grew up to want to know, okay, who's making these images? Where are these coming from? Uh, I found, you know, Giger at a young age. Um, I saw a bunch of awesome Lovecraft books with amazing covers and it just kind of, you know, ballooned from there. So now I just really look at this stuff and it, it it almost feels like it's always been with me. Right. Yeah. The thing that I think kind of did it for me was not, I was not only lucky enough to have a dad who was like, Hey, you want to watch pet cemetery at nine o'clock at night? (laughs) It was also his die hard obsession and love for Halloween. Oh, cool. 
Wow, he was one of us. Slide over onto me. Yeah, um, no, he so was he was a dark art society member. He was <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's you know that's one of the things how my uh, stepdad and I bonded was every Friday he would take me to a movie when I was you know starting at maybe age nine or so as my parents they got married my mom got remarried and um, I would always he was a sci-fi fan but he wasn't like a horror guy he was really into sci-fi though. And so I was a horror kid, even at that point. So I would always pick these horror movies like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw that when it first came out in the theater and, and there was one little tiny ad in the paper. Like it hadn't blown up. No one had seen it. It had just come out. And I saw this little ad and I'm like, ooh, we got to go see that. And I remember going wow. there and nobody was in the theater, like wow. two or three people, because that movie came out. It was this low budget horror Horror movie, just a little and, West Craven indie. Yeah, and and it blew up after you know people started seeing it and it became huge. But <clears throat> it was so cool to be in there and just it hadn't hit yet. And uh, he would always be freaked out by the movies, but he would take me because he knew that's what <laughs> that's what I was into. And then once in a while we'd see a science fiction movie just to you know for him. But that was definitely our our bonding thing, you know, over horror movies basically. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. For me, like um, my granddad was a huge influence on me when I was a kid because uh, there was that stability there. And it was just like, you know, with my grandmother's sister, there was that stability and, you know, always knowing, okay, well, I can just go over to her place if the house is locked up or right. I can't get in, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were like, oh, well, you know, we know you like kind of more horror stuff. So here's some videotapes we got from the store. Or <laughs> you can pick this out at the pawn shop if you want to. And that's how I got like my first copy of Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden on cassette. <laughs> yes. And it had such a cool fucking cover on it where yeah. it's this demonic imp coming out of a tree in the middle <laughs> of the night with a huge moon in the back. And I, I just love that shit. But I would even go into like their movie libraries and their book libraries and stuff like that. And I'd watch shit like the original Omen, you know, and right. all these that's different movies. One, like, yeah, that's the one of my so core good. movies. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, it's so yeah. good. And we even got to meet David Warner yeah. at one oh, point, which you know, I got to meet him, too. He's so great. Yeah. Greatest he's, grandpa ever. I'm the only loser <laughs> here. Wait. He was I on, haven't met David Warner. You know, he was you on. Too. He was Go on. For it. He was on, the best. on set when I saw, uh, went over to Italy to shoot Cellar Dweller. We we shot oh, shit. Cellar Dweller, and then we shot another one called Pulse Pounders, which was H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> uh, did, anthology. Did you shoot that one with uh, Barbara Crampton and um, I forget Jeffrey Combs? They were doing the Lovecraft story. Um, where it's beyond? the evil clergyman? No, because oh, Pulse yeah, yeah, Founders it, was a three-part. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I think I can't. It's hard to remember. But, Warner's in that. He plays yeah. a priest who comes back from the dead to warn Barbara Crampton that Jeffrey yeah. Combs is an evil spirit. And and he was like a there was a rat. His, <laughs> it's so his, good. His yeah. face on a rat, right? Brown Jenkins. Yes. Yep. Mitch sculpted One of the Lovecraft that. best creatures. Mitch did. Mitch did Brown Jenkins. Sculpt, little... Sculpted the little David Warner face. That's why it looked so amazing. Like the sculpture of that looked exactly like David Warner. I don't know how. Yeah. It, I don't remember how it looked Shit. on the on the rat, but. Um, we, well, you can we, find it on Amazon now. It's like 20 minutes long. And oh, it's cool, cool. something that you can get. Yeah, it's yeah. the evil clergyman, part of yeah. the Pulse Pounders anthology. Yeah, so he was there for that, and I think I met him there for that. And then um, we shot Transformations, which you probably haven't seen because it's it's a, like a step below the, the bad movies. I mean, it's terrible. Oh, I've seen okay. stuff like it's got, a, it's got a better name than Pulse Pounders. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a worse movie. <laughs> It's so it was it was so bad. Oh my god! It was I could tell you stories about that one, but um, we watched some pretty awful stuff. Yeah. So. yeah, look up Transformations, starring Rex Smith, who used to be this teen idol, like a David Cassidy type or Sean Cassidy type. If you guys even know who that is, I mean, they were like yeah, seventies. Totally. He was like sixties yeah, and seventies shit. Yeah. He was like a wannabe. He 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 never quite got there, but he was like in TV after school special movies, and he was like really had feathered long hair and he was all hot and everything like in a seventies way. And, and he was in this movie. Parody that guy in like empire records, the movie where this old uh, kid idol comes in to sign a bunch of records and it's like a big freaking deal. Um, but yeah, totally have to check out. <laughs> you gotta check it out. If we can 
Yeah, find right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we search that stuff out. Like, right. we're treasure hunters for that <laughs> good, bad stuff. Actually, Andrew comes up to me the other night. He's like, do you want to watch Terminator 2? And I'm like, I thought you said we were going to watch a bad movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're going to watch Terminator 2. And it's this Italian schlock horror movie that is beat for beat aliens 2 at the lowest like $100 budget oh, level. It's, it's, a, it's, a, wow. it's, it's not Terminator 2. It's, it's they stole Terminator the name. Yeah, the Italian Italians were not- notorious for ripping off whatever was uh, popular. Like Zombie is such a rip off of Dawn of the Dead. It oh, came, yeah. out, oh, yeah. came out, you know, it's clearly, they even, they even have their own cat uh, tagline remember in Dawn of the Dead, it was when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the, the earth. earth. Yeah. And then theirs was when the ground fills up with the dead, the blood will rise to drink the living or something like that. <laughs> it's like they even had to do that. They had to do a head explosion. You know, Dude, I want to see blood drink the living. I'd like to see that happen. That sounds like a horror movie that's waiting to be made. Uh, like Boxer Zoman kind of has a little bit of that craziness so in it. Like we, we even get into world cinema. Like we'll watch stuff from like Shaw Brothers obscure movies of the eighties when they were really into like doing black magic theme movies. Oh, yeah. And then we'll watch like these crazy films from Italy that are just complete schlock ripoffs. Some of which are like Lucio Fulci did, but we also love the stuff from Dario Argento, like oh, yeah. the yeah, high end yeah. stuff like Inferno and uh phenomena. Mm-hmm. Well, even like, you know, we were Mike and I were talking about the bad mo- on the bad movie episode. Um Chet was trying to teach me about what the episode was about throughout the duration of the episode. And he, yeah, and he, and, he, and he finally got it. And I'm excited. Hey, wait, wait, can I offer one real quick before you go yeah. on that I think I fit into that episode that I missed because I, oh, I think please. I might understand I missed a now. Ton of what them. about what about what about robot jocks? Isn't yeah. that like so bad? It's good, right? Robot yeah, jobs. Well, you so know what? Fun. Check this Tried out. so hard to make a movie, but it's awful shit, you know, but it's fun because it's so stupid and bad. It's so charming and sincere and it's a really fun, giant robot. Movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great, great idea, it's but I, I think it could. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but okay, I, they confirmed me. So I'll accept that. Right. Oh, I, it's super fun. I met that guy. Stuart Gordon, the director, who also yeah. did From Beyond, Reanimator. He was super cool. He was in Italy because I think he was doing one of those uh, Pulse Pounder uh, episodes. Yeah, he did the uh, Evil Clergyman one. Right now, did you guys notice that I'm oh, wearing an animator? Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I yeah. caught that a while back. Uh, hell yeah. But he's super <laughs> cool. Stuart, Stuart Gordon was really a great guy. Like, we used to have lunch with him at the commissary and really, really cool dude. Yeah, and we've talked about Stuart Gordon before. I think um, me and Danny had uh, been guesting on another friend's show. I think we were on Dinner with Lynch or Four Brains, One Movie. And we got into the conversation about where he came from as a director Mm -hmm. and a storyteller. And he had done a ton of controversial plays in his early years before really getting behind the camera. He'd been arrested for obscenity. Wow. Um, He still does a lot of stage work. you know, it's creative people like that that we want to right. get the word out on and be yeah. like, hey, you might know them from this, but they also did all this other awesome shit that right. you should totally read up on or watch. Mm-hmm. It's got to do G.G. Allen. you got to do an episode on G.G. Allen. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to do it. documentary and listen to some of the music. And I just I thankfully never went to a show. I, just, I know. I just, I, just watched, I just watched that hated documentary on YouTube the other hated day for the for the oh. first time ever, and I avoided it for so long because someone told me he sticks a hot dog up someone's butt and then puts it in his mouth. And so I was like, I don't want to see that. There's not really any instance where Covers I want to see that. Scat and blood yeah, and, like and breaks his head open and, with a microphone. I but I did watch it. I watched yeah, it. Right. I watched it anyway. <laughs> and it was it's a good documentary. It really made me uh I don't know. I enjoyed it. Except for that hot dog part, it was. Foul. He's a fascinating. He's a fascinating subject. He has a oh, huge like, cult following that are freaky about him, and the dude was freaky as they come. I mean, yeah. And, and also, he had that side. I'd like to see someone else that, that's around that even comes close to that guy. Yeah. You know, he was like yeah. he was like a fakir for the modern age, a rock and roll fakir. Man, that sure. guy got up there and threw down. Yeah, he was not messing around. There's no. That, there's, he is. There's. There's no. It's like it makes. Marilyn Manson or anyone just look like, oh, he's faking it because that dude yeah. was actually well, yeah. kind of insane. But the thing is, when you when you <laughs> I, well, I thought this guy's definitely he's like schizophrenic or something. And I watched that movie and it's like he does. He's 
fucked up mentally, but he does know kind of what he's doing and what the point is. You know what I mean? There, there was like exactly. logic to it. So it was like, it kind of impressed me a little bit that he wasn't just a total, you know, complete psycho. He, you know, no, he was a performance artist. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the yeah. most amazing performance artists of, of this, of the past century, you know? Yeah. And it's not total mania either. I mean, there are even more somber moments that are almost kind of reflective where right. he's like got an acoustic guitar playing Carmelita <laughs> by Warren Zevon. Right? And he's doing really fucking good. And, I know. and you've got scenes where he's That's like great. doing a public speaking, like the uh, kind of Henry Rollins right. just doing yeah. his thing in front of a crowd. And then he starts throwing chairs and fighting people. Yeah, right. but He's <laughs> projecting that energy, you yeah, know, and that's, that's stuff worth exploring because not enough people see the whole perspective right. in people and creative people like that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, it's like, it, and also I think he's, he bites at like the notion of the Agoris, you know? I sure. mean, like the, the Agoris are these people that do all of the things that would cause you to become sick or ill or unhappy, and yet it causes them to achieve enlightenment. And so it's, the, you know, it, it's utilizing this opposite force in such a fashion as to, through belief, again, overcome. And that's really the Agori thing is chaos magic, if you think about it. It's, it's not yeah, it's, different. It's, it's, it's the, the Agori thing. Do you know about the Agoris? Where they sleep in grave? They in, in, they're like an Indian religious sect. Not to that extent. No, yeah, just a little yeah. bit. But they, I don't know the whole like practice of they, what they do. They rub uh, rotting flesh. They yeah, eat trash. They, they eat shit. They, they carry around themselves from society. That they eat out of. They like from dead bodies they find in the Ganges and yeah, like they, hang out in the the pyre zones and the burial yeah, zones and yeah, wipe themselves dead body ash and shit. Yeah, they sleep yeah. in they sleep in graveyards. They smoke tons of weed constantly because you're they'll not supposed drink, to drink like gallons yeah, yeah. of alcohol yeah, where it would like kill you, but they, they'll be just totally fine acting normal they, yeah they do they do it's like their approach is they do whatever you're not supposed to do in order to achieve enlightenment and it's like a really tiny little sect it's really really small but um it's it's see gg allen is like a modern agori yeah. in you know in the united states of america in except, some ways, yeah. you know yeah except he's not looking for enlightenment he's looking well just was i mean i guess we gotta get back yeah, to the right. was every single time with him <laughs> So, okay. Yeah, it's stuff like that that we love talking about because, yeah. you know, we, we make a show that we want to listen to. And if right. it's something that, you know, fascinates us or inspires us or just piques our interest, we, we really want to explore it and talk about it from an educated perspective. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what's important right now is for people to have a real opinion that's grounded in either, you know, experience as a critic or, um, objective level thinking about anything or, you know, just really knowing your shit Right. we, we love hearing that we, we don't dig into people who kind of fake it and just run through the motions. Right. And that's what we don't want to hear. That's why we're trying to make a show for ourselves that we want to share. Yeah. And another thing is like, I know I didn't have, and I know Andrew didn't have, it's like, I didn't have anyone like any entertainment or anything to actually listen to about the things I was interested right. in. Yeah. yeah. So it's mm -hmm. kind of helping everyone else who feels like, Oh, no one gets it. Right. Yeah. That's because yeah, everybody else just wants to talk about Superman and star Wars and shit. Right. And it's super you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, that's cool. If that's what you're into, but the cool sure, thing, there's about, nothing wrong with it. Yeah. The cool thing about the internet now is that, you know, we all have a platform. You could pretty much find whatever you want now, nowadays. And if, and if, if it's not there, you make it yourself. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really mm -hmm. an incredible time to be alive, really, you know? It's a great time to go treasure hunting. And, like, I yeah. used to do that stuff in the video store. I'd go to the horror section and be like, all right, what, what piques my interest right now? Grab the awesome cover on the box. Look at the back. And I just took that with me. And now if you dig deep enough, you can find awesome stuff out there for whatever you're into. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's all at your fingertips now. It's a whole different era, you know. I mean, because we've all lived through all that. I mean, Chet, Chet was around before they even had, you know, record players and telephones and stuff, you know. And then there's us. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I'm just trying to see if he's listening. Horse. Is Chet really listening to me speak or not? I caught him. He was. It just took him a sec. He's four horse, stroker. Horse and buggy. I had that <laughs> horse yeah, and buggy days. They had the combustible engines and shit. But, you know, for us, we, we've watched the, this modern thing unfold. I mean, I remember 
remember being a kid and we had an Atari and we played Pong and it was like the coolest thing ever. And next thing you know, there's a Nintendo and Super Nintendo and then there's everything, you know? And it's like, it's just so interesting how I, I could go back 10 years and there are movies that I would have loved to find, but I couldn't have found anywhere. I mean, it would have been like yeah, major right. hardcore special order where like now, shit, I hop on the computer and I can find anything I want in a hot second. I mean, I was just working, doing some work the other day. I showed it to Chet and I spent about three hours working on it and I cobbled it together from all kinds of other stuff that I just found sitting here and it's all free and I have the rights to use any of it to do whatever the fuck I want to do with it because they gave it to me, you know, if you use it right. So it's just funny to be sitting here like you're making shit out of nothing digitally right in front of yourself. And it's like it, you just I can't even imagine that 10 years ago. I can't even imagine or 15 years ago, you know, and it's so it really is an exciting time to be alive for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that uh, me and friends used to do, too. We used to make movies and short films and music videos out of Creative Commons licensed clips and reels that were, like, about to be trashed in the movie theater that my buddy worked at. Oh, we would cool. splice shit together up in the editing room, throw it on the projector, and we do all this um, stuff with, like, trying to mess with the audio, run a pin, cross the uh, part of the band that had the actual image on it. Yeah. Um, just messing with the film reel. So, yeah, like, doing that editing thing is just something that we, we've always been into as a group of, like, friends and stuff. And even you and I, I mean, we've messed around yeah. and done some good stuff, too. But it's fun. It's it's great having so much ability to be creative these days. Right. But then there's also the oversaturation. Right. In the information yeah. age, yeah. there's so much shit Water. out there just to uh, yeah. there always, get through. There has to be, That's there's always the balance. There's always going to be a trade-off, you know. I think the trade-off is, is worth it, ultimately, you know, just because the opportunity for... It, it's like I was I was watching the show last night, which was totally amazing. What's it called? It was called uh, it's on HBO. What the fuck was it called? Son of a bitch. That's not the title. It's like a great show. I know, right? <laughs> it, it was, I watched that show too. I wish I had HBO. Okay, I'm gonna find out. But anyway, um, one thing this guy said, it was kind of like after the after the show, they had like a little you know, they on HBO, they do those making ofs or behind the scenes. And yeah. this, this, this guy, he was a musician and he was saying, um, uh, oh, it's called Random Acts of Flyness. Hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like Andrew this. And I, sing hmm. it's, <laughs> I think it's, I've heard the title. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know what it's about. It's like it's uh, like a black comedy show kind of comedy, but totally surreal and really weird and do you mean black as in like dark? No, no, black. Like, like dark black. humor or as in African-American? Yeah, like black people. Like Okay, that's why I was asking. We're on the dark art society. Yeah, right. I just was trying to <laughs> clarify your semantics, make sure I was on the same page. I gotcha. Thank you. Uh, but it, it was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it's like, it's this weird, it was like, it was like, kind of like black Monty Python. Like nice. Okay. Each sketch went Ooh. into the next and it was really interesting. And artistically, it was like all the, the titles and fonts. It was really, really interesting. But anyway, um, this guy at, uh, at the end of the show, he's talking about how anybody nowadays can go into a library for free and mm -hmm. start making beats on a computer and start making yeah. music for nothing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like amazing, at least in America, you know, yeah. Yeah. and it's just, it's an incredible, incredible time to be alive. And uh, yeah, I, I like it. I'm glad to be alive at this time, even with all the crazy shit that's going on, you know. Oh, it definitely gives us a lot to talk about. And it also gives us that boring. fuel to find stuff that actually makes us feel good and have fun. Right. Like right. that's a, a big thing, too, is, you know, if we can find a good video game or a good book that kind of distracts from the day to day grind or, you yeah, know, it's like, whatever negativity is going on. Yeah, you, you kind of mm -hmm. kind of have to. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you have to find that stuff nowadays because everything's so disturbing. Well, I mean, I think you always, people always have had to find those yeah, things because I think true. it's always been disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a different version of disturbing now, but we're yeah. a different people to fit that time. Right, so, right. you know, we have different remedies for and solutions for those problems right. for sure. No, you're 100% right on that. Yeah. So. I would say I would include now more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, things are, you know, so like chaotic and, yeah 
unstable you know yeah, you really don't know what's going to happen the next day that's the, that's we the, should call, that should be our slogan for the dark art society now more than ever yeah totally <laughs> that's great that is great um let's dig into this yeah, yeah. yeah. see don't you think <laughs> have you had time to consider that slogan if he if he didn't mean to do that that would have been a full-on mic because i do <laughs> yeah. that shit all the time chad always busts me on it and joy and stuff like i i say these puns and i and I, if i was clever i'd be doing it intentionally but i don't know i'm doing it and everyone will be clowning and laughing and i'm like the last one to get the joke but i'm the one that said the thing so like right then you said i dig it and you were probably you know being clever but i would have said that not been clever and everyone would have thought i was being clever but i'm not good at playing it off like i'm actually yep. clever all natural all yeah, natural yeah, just going off of my regular <laughs> wheelhouse of words i say a million times every day every day that's why it's great man that's why it's i'm telling you all right well we're at like an hour here so uh yeah. do you want to um i guess we'll have uh links for everything but you want to just tell they people where they could find it thoroughly yeah. Yeah. If you want to find us, um, we're out there. We're hosted by SoundCloud, but we're also available to download and stream on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast. Um, we have our Patreon that is Freaky Fandoms, just easy to Google. And we have a YouTube channel, which we're putting all of the audio for streaming out as well, along with the occasional clips that we do about different things that we cover or whenever we have any opportunities to interview folks, we put that up as well. So we have just plenty of ways to find what we're putting out into the world. And then Andrew, of course is, is your, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And like, of course, there's always all uh, Facebook and Instagram too. So right. is your SoundCloud, yeah, is your SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash freaky fandoms. It's either Freaky Phantoms or Freaky Phantoms PC, but if you uh, get into the search bar, we're easy to find. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I encourage everyone to listen because it's like these they're they're part of the family the way I see it. So it's like, you know, every everyone who digs this will probably dig your guys' podcast and Agreed. vice versa. So um, show them some love, give them some support. And uh, uh, they're just great people to know too. Great supporters of the dark art scene. And Thanks, man. that's what this whole scene is all about is connecting with each other. And so, um, you know, hit them up. Just one big messed up, happy family. Yeah. <laughs> and we love the people we've connected with too, because we've had episodes where we've invited other dark artists on both of you have been on the show and we'd love to have you back now that Deborah and I are running things. Yeah. Yeah. Shane is a has yeah, been on. He was, that, uh, that April was great. Dickerson yeah, has been yeah. on. Yep. And you know, we, April Dickerson's been on. yeah, yeah. We, we love being able to, you know, not just have these great conversations with like-minded people and really creative, awesome artists, but we also like spreading the word, right. just mm -hmm. getting that out there so we can talk about really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, the Shane is a as a Kowski one was great. I started listening to that last night and uh, I didn't be couldn't believe how much in common I had with them about how he used to be into makeup effects and, uh, there was a couple other things. Were, zombies. Wow. Yeah, zombies. The fact it, that he was able to have really cool interaction with Frank Frazetta, which is just right. amazing. I didn't, I didn't get to that part incredible. yet. Yeah, I didn't get to that part yet. But he's like his his family was all into Halloween. And it's like, I, it was so weird. There's Every time you meet someone in this scene, there's like these parallels we have on some level. Mm -hmm. There's parallels yeah. that we can all... that pointed us in this direction somehow that's how you that's how you know your kindred you right. know is that you have enough yeah. of those parallels that that's a network right right it's true all right well thanks for coming well, on i want to promote i want to promote chet's patreon real quick here before we thank them from coming on because oh. we need to promote what we're doing as well and chet has an amazing patreon it's patreon.com forward slash chet czar and thank chet you. is easily out of all the people i follow now i'm you know, I don't have a lot of money, so I follow probably not nearly as many people as other people do. But for the group of people I'm following, Chet has the best Patreon insofar as he posts the most content, period. And it's all quality content. So you guys should follow it if you get a chance. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we absolutely.
absolutely do. We've been supporting it from day one and yeah, thank we you. love all of the awesome stuff, even the obscure picks that get thrown out <laughs> every now and again, like Dangerous Dan, yeah. one of the more recent <laughs> ones. Dan. Yeah, and now Dangerous Dan is one of the features in feature characters in ILTPM. So, that's right. And, and that's when right. we say that for people that are just tuning into this, because I don't think everyone's listening to every episode from stage one, we were referring to a film called I Like to Paint Monsters. In fact, it's called Chetzar, colon, I Like to Paint Monsters, and it was a film I directed, a documentary film about Chet. And if you guys want to support what I'm doing, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity. And I have an amazing new project that I'm working on that I'm going to be unfolding here over the next three weeks. Yeah, and then also you can go over to, yeah, we're excited Patreon. about yeah, that. It's going to be super cool. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Chet's Chet's been getting a little bit of a taste of it and it's, it's freaky. Yeah. It's, it's freaky. It's freaky shit. So you guys will get it. Go along yeah, for the right. ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get, that'd be <laughs> and good, then I've also got one, uh, patreon.com forward slash land of enchantment tours. And that's to follow my ritual art and my travails here in Northern New Mexico. So if you guys want to check those out, feel free to head over. And again, patreon.com forward slash Chet and patreon.com forward slash freaky fandoms or something along those lines. And if you're not sure, Google it or go to our soundcloud.com forward slash dark art society and you guys can find the links there for all freaky fandomness thank yeah you. yeah thank, thank you mike you. yeah thank you mike um oh, i was gonna say something you sound like you yeah i was gonna say he's doing that he's doing that i forgot sound no i had uh, it i had it right there he's gonna get it uh, oh oh, oh I, I know i know is there uh is there any new members of the of the dark art society yeah, Adrian? we have one new member and that is adriana mikima or michima and i'm not sure how you pronounce her last name it's m-i-c-h-i-m-a she actually also has a patreon that's super cool that i am supporting uh, okay. adriana mikima i think it's i want to say mikima yeah, if i'm butchering it i'm sorry sister okay. <laughs> thank you for supporting us and thank you yeah. for coming on thank you mike for doing this with me and uh Thank you all for listening, and I guess we'll talk to you next time, right? I'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> all right. Signing off. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Everyone. Bye. Bye.